2: What's up Kings fans, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Another episode from HockeyRoyalty.com, official podcast of
1: Hawk Royalty Network,
2: except for we're making it rain today, boys.
1: As always, my co-host, Joe Paterino, how are you doing? Very good, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing
2: fantastic because we got the man right below us here on the screen, Jacob Stoller coming in to talk some analytics, hockey, some rain, some of the best guys. Let's talk some puck. How are you
1: doing, Jacob? Good. How about you guys? Awesome. Appreciate you coming on, man. course of course anytime
2: i'm doing fantastic i can't wait these player cards so let's give the fans a little (laughs) bit of a a a rewind here you just kind of reached out to a couple of us and started giving us these player cards uh joseph and i eat up player cards like fresh spaghetti and uh we love all this the analytic stuff it's fantastic so we appreciate for that and that's why we wanted you to to bring you on so you know, before we get into the player cards and kind of what that is and, and all that kind of stuff like that, let's talk about your hockey beginnings. How did you get into the sport? how did you get into the analytics of the sport? And then what you know, what where where has that brought you into where you are now?
0: Before I get to that, I will say I'm glad you guys ate the cards up. They didn't they weren't intended to be edible, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad they, they tasted well. Uh I haven't been told they were taste like spaghetti yet, but I'll take that as a compliment. So thank you, Randon. Um yeah, so honestly, full disclosure, uh almost failed grade 10 math. Um, like the worst math person ever. Like uh, like I'd say a year ago I was pretty bad at math. And then I'd say it was during like um the sorry, actually before obviously like hung on to writing. So um I'll back up as you asked. Um I got into writing at like the age of fourteen. Um you know, in Winnipeg, Jets are kind of the thing here. I was a big Moose fan growing up before Jets came back. Um, was always kind of a good creative writer. Um, and I just kind of, I, I mean, at one point, I remember, like, writing some blogs or whatnot. And then I published them. Grammar was atrocious. Um, but I kind of worked at it for a year or so. And then, you know, before before you know it, I, I reached out to, like, Arctic Guys Hockey, which is the SB Nation Winnipeg Vertical um and a guy named tim bonner was nice enough to give me a shot there like that's kind of where i've watched like a lot of podcasts where like writers talk about their beginnings and i feel like a lot of them honestly kind of started in a similar fashion where like an sb nation or a fan sided or like somewhere like that like gives you a shot like to have a, a bigger platform so like that was pretty big for me um but the first like year or two i was like writing under an alias called like official jet fuel i don't know why and like, I don't know. I like, guess it's not that uncommon. I guess like there's a bunch of people that do them. Um, but then I kind of made like the big reveal and was like, yeah, like it's my name. And then like, like, this guy's 16 years old. Like, holy, oh my god. And yeah, I was like, really, I'm like 22 now. Um, so yeah, I did that for a bit in high school, realized I wanted to do this, um, and then it kind of went really fast for me. So I, grade 11, I, I moved from Arctic Ice, Hockey to Jets Nation, like the Nation Network which is now with Daily face off and now it's, like, not, like, especially what it was like, five years ago. It's crazy. Um, and, yeah, I got a DM from, um, I think it was Thomas Durantz, or either Durantz directly or it was Garrett Hole, And just kind of being, like, hey, like, uh, Garrett's leaving. I think it was Durantz or whatever. And, like, we need a managing editor. You're next in line. Like, what? Like, and I was like, "Wow, like I'm there." Like, no, no, like there's like no one else contributing really, like full time. So, like, I mean, like by proxy, like, oh god, okay. I was like, this is like, I, st- <laughs> I, was like, oh my god. So, so here,
2: here's fire. Just jump into it, please. Thank you very much. Yeah, like I remember,
0: like, <laughs> like it was so funny because, like, I just remember at one point someone else there, like, and like they were really good to be the network. Like, I worked at them for a couple years. Like, I, I have nothing but good things to say. Have a lot of friends still work there, but I remember like someone was like yeah, like, you're really raw and green, but, like, we like that. I was like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> like I'm in grade 11 biology just, like, typing away articles about Toby Enstrom. Like, I, I can get my laptop taken away for discipline if I do this too much. But, yeah, so I became managing editor, which was, like, honestly hilarious. Like, you think about it. Um, and I'll, I'll get into this, like, I'm sure throughout. But anyways, and then I was working at Destination. And like honestly, I, I think I did a pretty decent job, all things considered. I always have and will, for the most part, I would say like I pretty professional online. Yeah, like I've gotten trouble for maybe like wrong time and place, stupid jokes. But like I'm pretty cool and collected. And yeah, so basically the the way I said was like I'll do it, and I did it. But I wanted to get access to like either the moose or the jets. Obviously, the jets wasn't going to happen, so like I really want to like cover the moose like yeah like we'll we'll do that so you reach out the email um the PR people and they they remember being in class I'll never forget this and seeing an email being like yeah sounds good we've checked it all out like just let me know what game you want to go to and like we'll like train something I was like oh my god like this is actually happening and like I guess imposter syndrome would be the wrong word but like I was like 17 so like I was in high school, like, like there was like part of me I was like, "There's no way they know how old I am," and that was true actually. Um, they thought I was a lot older, um, and they were pleasantly surprised when I walked in, and like, this kid has not hit puberty, um, but <laughs> which like I basically hadn't, um, and so I walked in like, pug-eye, whatever, and it was like really cool experience. So there was like, um, and that was like pretty big reminder, um, that like you know, you know, professional, I had to like. Distance myself from being a fan. And at that time, I also then applied to Ryerson School of Journalism in Toronto. Got in, went there where I've been since COVID and like a year off. So, like in my last year, but like been there ever since. And when I moved to Toronto, I started covering the Marleys and I was there for the Calder Cup year. And that kind and then I worked in McKean's hockey the same time too. So, and then back here in Manitoba. So, to answer the question, of my start. Started out kind of the Jets blogger, came a Moose guy. Then when I went to Toronto, really started focusing on the AHL. And since 2017, I've been doing AHL as a whole. When I was in Toronto and now, I focus on, like, the Moose and the Marlies, the beat guy kind of primarily. But um, as you see with the player cards and other articles I'll do um, every so often, I like to run with the league as a whole. And um, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a master scout or anything. Um, like, I'm not, like, a, a like one of, the like, the best, I think, scout, Scott Wheeler. Um, I'm not going to give you like the nuances and stuff as good as he is. Like he's excellent. Chris Pierce is super good too. Um, but I, I like to think that I, with watching it, looking at stats and like just general knowledge result, I can give, you know, kind of a, a balanced salad you of all of them kind of in there. So yeah. that's, that's who I am kind of. Well, good.
2: I mean, it, I, it all came for me. I, I answered a, a, a thing on Twitter saying, Hey, does anybody want to cover the rain? And I said, yes, I do. And, there we go. How, and there then Joe go. and I did our introductory episode, and I found out I got the job while having a few beers out by the pool. So it all worked out for the best. Uh, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so let's get uh, let's get into kind of like what you w- with the player cards, and that's really what got us involved, in, in you and I for talking, sure. or, uh, or us three talking. How did that come about? What is your fascination with advanced stats, and and, and yeah. where do you kind of pick that apart?
0: So yeah as I started off with prematurely I like the I was not a big math guy um uh, and also I will admit um when I was so when I was at the Nation Network originally um like the Leafs Nation like when I moved there as a Marley's Beat guy um I kind of was like I was at journalism so I was like kind of like getting into like the storytelling which like I'm still big on like that's I'm a journalist um and like you know the like technical aspect but all along, that was kind of, like, the start or the peak of, like, the hockey analytics Twitter movement. And I had no part in it. Like, I had – but not – sorry, not, like, in it like I ever would. But I meant, like, I wasn't interested. I wasn't really, like, involved in that way. Um, and I was a pretty meat and potatoes basic stats guy. Then as, like, my career progressed, um, I started working at McKean's. And it was a matter of, like, I was telling stories and I was talking to um, – coaches and like bringing like a cool view i realized like honestly like there's a lot missing here and what i meant by that is like there's not much stats available um, to begin with hl.com doesn't have much even to go to like the media guide stats that are more quote-unquote advanced it's kind of just like super like uh tedious not tedious but just like really detailed and i don't think there's much substance to it so i kind of always felt that i always felt it was part of My analysis that was like kind of lacking, for lack of better, like it like there wasn't filled out. I always felt that, and you know, obviously, like part of it was like a lack of confidence that like I was what I was saying made sense or whatever. And I always kind of felt it. Then COVID hits, and like I, a lot of people had a lot of downtime, and I was like, I really am not good at writing. I didn't write for a while, to be fully honest. When I'm podcast, like I did write every couple times, but. And I was just like, I just like really felt like, I don't know, I felt like really, it was hard because like there wasn't much HL hockey, it was hard to like think of stories and whatnot. So then I kind of was thinking like, okay, what would be a cool idea to sort of, and this is, sorry, this is, when I say COVID, like this is like the COVID HL season. So beginning of 2021, and like during that year, doing the moves and stuff, it was like a challenging year for like so many reasons, like you know, there's no playoffs we're playing for the quality competition was a lot lower. There's like so many things, um, making it hard to write stories and whatnot. So I was like kind of thinking as the season ended up, and I was like, it's kind of started with, um, like Cole Perfetti. And I was like, okay, he's doing really well, but like, he's like, his numbers are really good. Like at a certain point of the season, they ended up being really well, but I was like, like, but like, he's not like, like shots aren't great. His like, goals, I don't, like, jump off the page, but, like, he's getting, like, a lot of chances, like, all these things, like, I, I see it, but, like, I can't just, like, and again, type people mind, I hate, I hate when you read something that's, like, not substantive, so just an opinion not backed up, so I was kind of like, oh, like, maybe stats would kind of balance it out, look into it, and there's really not much available, and so I was like, okay, so my, <laughs> it's the first time I've ever said this publicly, but the original plan I had was a couple of friends and I, and like, I will say the player cards are um, – this This is the first version of them. I, I have a lot of plans to advance them and make them better and more accessible to people, and maybe in another project that wouldn't really be public. But the point being, like, my original plan was myself and a couple of people are interested. We're going to track, like, every game. I had this idea of, like, track all the shot attempts and then uh, kind of do from there. Um, and, like, we did talk to some, like, companies that, like – you could do it through the iPad and stuff, but like it just to the point, like, this is so absurd. Like this is like actually bonkers. And like, I don't even know what, like it would have been such a mess. So then I kind of look into like different companies and like had meetings, with like all these different ones. I settled on Instat and I, a scout told me about how he like is addicted to it. Cause like you can pull videos up and like, I love Instat. I love the, the, the platform. Like it's really cool. Um, and I had to say it's probably the best investment I've ever made for my career. Um, not even just the data part, but, um, the video as well. And I so the goal, right. Was like, kind of like having stats. Right. And then it was like, I got them. So then I was kind of like, okay. So, you know, like, I guess the prophetic was kind of like the symbol of it. I was like, Oh, look, let's see what his scoring chances were or like, whatever it was. And I saw I was like, Oh, it's 2.3 or whatever it was. And I was like, it's that good. I was like, yeah, like, 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 that's two point. I don't know. Like, I was like, now I'm like, I have so many more questions. Like, it's like he's a fifty-one percent course. Got a rabbit so. hole. So, yeah. so, how, so how did that advance?
2: How did that advance to now? Like, fast forwarding to where you're at now. Like, where? What does your appreciation come from? These advanced stats?
0: Where it came from was I think that when I started digging there, I was like, wait a second. So I downloaded all the ones one Excel file. I saw that that was. In whatever percent, it was whatever percentile, which is where my cards are. So, so, like, he was better than 97% of the players. it was like, that's what it is. Like, yeah. that's what I was seeing the whole time. It was that, like, his the level of shot generation, of chance generation was not in the 97th quantile or percentile, whatever it is. And Jay Fresh's cards came out at the same kind of time or whatever two years ago. And that's kind of where the project starts. So, like, okay, wait a second. What if I made this sort of like catalog of every player? that like when someone gets traded or when I want to write an article, like I put it into this article, I wrote an ECMON. I thought it was really good. I was like super pumped about that. If I have a card to rely on. And that's where this came from. Now, for anyone that's like kind of wondering, in terms of like the metrics, like course, the expected goals and goals for, um, those are like the raw total. So it's like, your are goals for percent is 96% better than everyone. Um, obviously, there's a bit of like, so by that I means like, Okay, like, so if you're in the 100 percentile, it's so 100 percent coursey. Maybe it's like 60, 65. It's better than 100 percent of people. So okay. there are some confusions there, but I like to add context whenever I tweet them out. And I think, um, yeah, the idea kind of stemmed from just like, you know, having a sort of database and catalog that I could have and say, watch someone I like and whatever. I can, with the insect clips and watching, it, I can just pull this up and, you know, kind of rely on it. So.
1: I can appreciate where you're coming from because I, every article I write for Hockey Royalty, I have my creative writing teacher, professor in college saying, don't tell me, show me. So right. when you right. say right. like, you know, you're, you're trying to, there's an opinion, but you need something to back it up with, right? Totally. So you're, and that's, that's, I find myself in the same position where I'm trying to dig up any sort of video I can find on YouTube or wherever I can find it, some sort of clip somewhere or something or some sort of statistic that I didn't know was there. So that's why, you know, as somebody who's, who's mainly doing a lot of AHL stuff, I, I when I saw the player cards that you were coming, out, I was like, this is exa- this is perfect. This is yeah. exactly the you're type fantastic. of stuff that we're looking for. Right. Um, because yeah, that's what you're, you're looking to add context to whatever it is that you're trying to right you know if in in talking about the rain if you know early in the season we talked a lot about Tyler Madden we in the visual it looked like Tyler Madden was getting a ton of scoring chances he was he was playing very well some of the pucks weren't falling they weren't going in the net at the time but he was playing very well he was impactful it it seemed to the eye but it's tough to back that up with the limited data that's available so you know that's that's why somebody like me has an appreciation for the work that somebody like you is doing. That's mm-hmm. for sure. <clears throat> no, for sure. I, I fully sound that. So, so b- before we get rain into
2: rain. yeah, before we get into the rain players, we do got uh, a little commercial break from our friends at DraftKings. Uh, and so the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can win just one or can just bet one dollar on any team and win. in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That is THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. That's 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, New Hampshire. 888-789-777. Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 877 h 467 in New York. Visit visit opgr.org dot Oregon Oregon call or text Tennessee red Line at 800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 888-532-3500 in Virginia 21 years of age. 18 or older in New Hampshire and Wyoming, physically present to claim in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, and West Virginia. Only minimum $5 a deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See http DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And that is a mouthful from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Joe, let's well, get
1: into the Reigns players here. Yeah, well well done as always, Brandon. Well done with the uh, with the ad read. So, Jacob, I'd like to, as, as Brandon just said, about talking about some of the rain players. So, Gabe Velarde is a player that, you know, he was kind of thrust into a, a 2C role in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, perhaps a little bit uh, prematurely. Um, so, he started the season in L.A., get sent down to Ontario and to the eye test and to some of his raw – points at nearly a point per game he looked impressive he he moved to the wing uh, drafted as a center how do some of the statistics that you look at and and have put into the player cards how does Gabe Velarde look um, to you to Jacob Stoller
0: well just in terms of like the stats and like the overall picture Gabe Velarde I think that a lot of people and I don't know if like a I, obviously, like I, I like to follow along with this, but I don't know what the narratives are around in Los Angeles. But I'm not sure. Like, maybe you guys this. Do people expect him to be like a big hawking power forward? Was that ever a thing?
1: I don't think or it was no. ever a thing that he was a power forward. No, I think that he's viewed. Uh, I and Brandon, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I would say he's viewed as a guy that's a high skill player that is just is meant to put points on the board. I don't, I don't think I don't know that I can ever think of uh, that there was a, a an idea that he'd be a power forward.
0: My my point was more so that like he's six three or whatever it is right he's a big guy and I think that maybe maybe I, my default myself was that that was going to be. I think that with with Velarde, like just his vision um is really reflective. So like he's the ninetieth percentile this year of a primary assist at 515. um you know he's a great power play player as well, which are I'm sure anyone can really garner from anything. But um yeah the main thing with him is he doesn't really get a lot of shots on net um. To the amount, maybe you would think he, he generates like a, an average amount of chances. You're um, at the 50th percentile. Um, now, shots on goal as a whole, like the 13th percentile, um, which is pretty low. Um, but again, as I said, he's a great distributor, and that's kind of the thing there. And. Just in terms of, like, what his upside could be, I think that a lot of the similarities I see is, like, I think he'll be able to, with his big frame, draw a lot of penalties. I think that not just that, but being a right shot and having that ability to protect the puck and pass, I think he's a guy that he'll, like, attract a lot of attention at the next level. You've seen it now. Um, In a lot of Ontario's games, like, not only are they a good team, but, like, in addition to how good his teammates are, his ability to attract attention and whatnot and then make passes, either he draws a penalty or he makes a play and there's an odd man rush. And like that sort of ability he has, in my opinion, is a testament to what he can be at the next level. And I think that like a lot of the time with guys like Velarde, where first of all, he's a, like one of the most unique development paths ever. Right. Like I, there's the injury like or, yeah. or injuries, whatever you have know, for the year. Yeah. Then last year he's like an NHLer, And then this year he's not. So it's kind of like, in terms of like evaluating that to other people, um, like for example, Byron Bayer's model, which is awesome, like for what it is, like his his would be more macro. Mine would be and like very macro, like historically. Mine's micro. Um, you look at it, and his, for example, he, like he's on 80th percent of being an NHLer, which is by his definition, right? And then mm-hmm. to be a star, he's still at like a forty-seven percent, which is like a coin flip to be so. And that a star by Byron's model is, is a zero point seven point per game player over two hundred games. And like, like gave gave Velarde, and I think would well, okay, already at seventy five games first off to be honest. But the question I wonder is like, can he be that if he can't get the puck on net as much, right? Because then he'd have to be an elite distributor. So that's kind of where I think like that's where his. Like, I wonder if he if if the next step for him is to be able to get more shots on net, be it by um, volume, like improving his volume, or just some sort of something to do with his finishing. But like he has a great ability to attract defenders to him and to distribute via that, but. Um, in terms of his outlook, I, I don't know. I mean, there's another layer there to be kind of added. That's what I
1: would say with him. What do you think about that? No, I think that's that's well said because he he struggled as a center in yeah. the NFL driving play. So the move to Ontario, right. to the wing, but at, at his heart, he's still a playmaker, right? He's not that shooting winger that you see from, again, just in rain terms, from like a Samuel Fugimo, uh, right. who's, who's a shooting winger, where – Velarde is still that playmaker. He's still that creative player in the offensive zone. He's not going to be that winger that beats you on the rush. Um, right, right. but he can be very effective on the power play. So I, I am curious to see how this kind of next phase develops. I mean, from a from a purely from a point production standpoint, he was great in Ontario. He was lethal on the power play. Helps to have TJ and Tyne in there too, but still he was very, very good. And he's looked, I would say he's looked a lot better. And I think some of the data backs it up too. In this brief stint since he's been back up with the Kings, he, and he's playing with Byfield as his center, uh, and I, so I think the move to the wing is going to be a positive for him. But mm-hmm. it's a generally speaking, your wingers are your shooters, right? Right. So I'd be curious to see if he's able to adapt to that, or if he's going to still be kind of that playmaking winger, which again is not necessarily common.
2: I think yeah. With- I think with the fact that he is getting drug into the play, you look at the players he's playing with right now with Rasmus Kupari and Byfield, who are the kind of types of guy that can drive, play with their skates, and Velarde really isn't that type of guy. He's using his hockey intelligence to be where he needs to be on the ice. And so where he's going to score goals is because of his intelligence. He's going to be in the soft spots in the defense, and he has a good shot. He just doesn't use it a lot yeah, yeah. to where his intelligence is going to bring him points rather than the the like a Victor Arvidsson who will shoot it from the bench if you ask him to. And so, you know, like, I think it's just going to be a different type of goal scoring needed. And then when you have guys like Kapari and Byfield who can also shoot, you have that amoeba of where everybody else is on the ice. And I think his intelligence fits that line in particular. Um, And
0: why it fit in Ontario with a shooter like FERC on the power play. Yeah. If I like, yeah just to be clear, I don't think he needs to be a goal scorer per se. I think that the mm-hmm. big thing for him would just be the confidence to shoot when like it's the time to shoot. Like, that's what all I would say would be in terms of like his low shot on goal totals. The one thing to me it would say is like, okay, he's a little hesitant with like getting with, with getting shots off. And because like his his volume of shot attempts too would align with this because it's not a matter of him just like missing the net a thousand times. Like, I, I think he just is, a, is a bit hesitant. So what I would say is you know, if anything, you would ask for just a higher volume so that he gets in that rhythm of doing it. But I agree with what you said there. Like, this is a really stupid comparison, and like, I I don't want anyone to read into this. But like, Blake Wheeler as a winger, as a passer in his prime, as a like the way he used his big body, reminds me of that because with Velarde, like, just that ability to like shield, be a right shot passer winger, it's pretty rare, right? And like, even be, be distribute like that, and Velarde can do that. I feel like. I wish I had this advanced data league-wide over the last three years, as my cards do. But I'd love to know how many passes the slot Velarde gets um, at the NHL level. Because I think it's probably the best. Like, I don't want to say, like, I think it's in, like, the 80th percent plus. Because I think he's, like, that good in tight. I'm sure we have the NHL numbers for whatever it is. But, yeah, I think he's a a magnificent passer. to the point that, like, we all know he's an NHL player. But I think there's also a lot more there. Like, he could be a a top-end contributor.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's what I've thought too. And as we're talking through this, you know, who a player that, that it's, a, it's a not apples to apples, but he's a, he was a center by trade, moved to the wing in Buffalo and he's playing the wing now in Florida Is Sam Reinhardt, yeah. who is a great playmaker, great passer yeah, on the yeah. power play, but a very underrated shot. So just that's an interesting, um, Interesting take, and again, I, I think it, very interested to see where he goes here in the next step in his development. Um, the next player, Jacob, just hot button topic here in LA land, Alex Turcott. Yeah, everybody's you know, we, we, we had Scott Wheeler on months back, and I said, you know, everybody seems to be getting a little antsy, and this was in the fall, Randon. Um, he loves Turcotte.
2: You, Everybody, everybody's been antsy since his name was announced at fifth overall. Right. <laughs> yeah. So
1: here we sit, Alex Turcott, you know, from a production standpoint, it's been, it's been so, so at best, I would say in the AHL. But I mean,
2: when, 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 when you compare him to Jonathan Taves, like at the draft, <laughs> like people like, considering the Kings and Chicago rivalry, like that's, <laughs> that's a name that rings true as far as a player that has dominated. Yeah, that that type of game. When you do that, it, like the it has that the expectations are super high, especially since he was the highest draft pick for a long time.
1: And mm-hmm. uh,
2: I think that the expectation rings true. Sorry, I just had to get that out, Joe. No, Continue no. with your point.
1: No, no, and he's he's been a guy that that again, kind of eye test is he he plays both ends of the ice. He's he, he's one of those guys that's going to be a hard worker in first on the four check type of thing, win some battles. That again, it would appear in down low. So. Curious to see how he kind of grades out because one player card I have not seen is is Alex Turcotte, so I'd be very curious to see or hear about, about uh, some of, the, of, of how he grades out. And, and again, another guy that's been dealing with a lot of injuries, really, his whole career uh, dating back to college. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I'll after this too, I'll, anyways, I'll tweet all the ones we've discussed. Just, I, I already tweeted it already; it hasn't changed much, so I'll put the one yeah. out. Um, so funny you mentioned Taves there because I think that's a really interesting thing. So I think that like with Alex Turcott, first of all, when I saw that, I don't know if it was, I just saw something online about how Vancouver, remember, other were talking with Calgary, uh, sorry, with LA about a deal or something, maybe Garland or whoever it was recently. I just saw like yeah. on Vancouver radio. And I remember, I hope I'm not making this up, but I'm pretty sure someone said that they believe that Turcott was a guy, one of the guys that Vancouver wanted. And what I thought to me was, okay, with Alex Turcott, like, He's a great defensive player. He's super smart. Like, he's cerebral. Um, like, Velarde, really great distributor. Like, really, like, sneaky skill. Was he worth the fifth overall pick? No. We've realized that. I think he'll be an NHL player. Like, I think I have actually have no doubt of that. In terms of his upside, I think that the current trajectory, there's nothing that's proved to me that he'll ever live up to what Kings fans thought he'd be, and understandably. Because the taste and the problem with that, in my opinion, was you were comparing Turkett... Or is it Turquot or Tur- Turquot? Hot. as far as we know. Turquot, okay. Let me say Turquot. Um. So <clears throat> with, with him, you know, because he was good defensively, I almost feel like that Jonathan Tate was an easy example to, to kind of grab onto. But, like, you watch him play, and he's not hard to play against. So like, he's not someone, like, he's good defensively. He's very smart. He, make like he at college level, was had some great plays. But would he be someone that I would say is, like, a menace to play against and sort of like the winning game? No, I wouldn't. And so in terms of where he's at, when I saw the Vancouver thing, I thought, and this goes back to an article Justin Bourne wrote recently, that was awesome about how there's a market inefficiency of not trying to acquire other guys' prospects like, because every team values their so, their own prospects mm-hmm. so highly about that idea. And I thought for the Kings sell high when you still can on, on Turkey, like you got to realize, listen, he's going to be an NHL player. But in terms of you look at their depth chart, you look at the goods that they've amassed, he will not surpass a lot. He's been surpassed. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what it comes down to is, first of all, I want to give him some credit where it's due. I think he turned pro too early. I think, second of all, I think, honestly, his point production is like, it's good. I think it's, it could look even better if you realize that he has a lot of primary points of even strength. And a lot of his production isn't on the power plate. Right. So that's even more of a, I think, a testament to it. Is it kind of knack? Is of the game breaking ability? Maybe. But I think the fact that, you know, he comes in able to produce a 5-on-5 is a huge advantage. Where I think the line kind of blurs with what he can bring and where the next sort of level is, is in regards to like, um, will he ever be a second line center? And that's even a pretty low bar. So if we're not talking like right now, he's a middle six guy usage wise, even yep. yep. strength. So we're in the AHL right now and he's middle six. He's doing good, but like, okay, like is our view skewed? Like what we're looking at here is we're looking at a guy that's shown flash and good, but if I were to evaluate him, having not been a fifth overall pick, I think my lens would be a lot different. Great player, great passer, but I think will he ever get to where he should be to justify it? No. So with that said, I think that they should look to sell high. And maybe they can't, but that's the
1: idea. I I know I'm... Totally on board with that, and and again, as you mentioned, it's not necessarily anything that's against the player specifically, like because uh, no. he, he is a valuable player. But I think, and we've talked about this on the show, that we we're going to have to recalibrate as Kings fans where our expectations lie with Alex Turcott. and mm-hmm. he is no more this this. I, I hate to say that with that, you know, so definitively, but it doesn't look like he's going to be that top line player or even top six, and you're talking about much more of a middle six. Um, maybe a PP two type of player, guy that can kill penalties, be a really good two way player, which is a solid NHL player. It's just
2: he's, he's Alex Iafalo.
1: It, per, per, sure, sure. So we if, can, he, if he's
2: so, I did. I don't know if uh, uh, if you if you know this. I did a little bit of stat checking for top five picks, and on <clears throat> average, they play over 830 games in the NHL on average. So. If he plays over 830 games at an Ajax-Alafalo skill level, will the pick have been worth it? And I would say yes, because you've got an NHL that's been there that long, but, but you're not getting the, the two points per game player that he was drafted as. He scored more points than Jack Hughes the second half of the season for the U.S. development team. And so like fans are looking at that. And then when you're right. the, the shiny new toy, they're expecting you to produce. And I think he's always going to get paired to Zagris, who is the dreamboat of offensive production, and he's never going to be able to live up to those comparisons.
0: I, like, Is it worth it if, like, fifth overall he becomes that? Like, my point more so being is, like, you look at that draft, too, and like, I have to say, as well as the, as the Kings have drafted, I think that you have to look at this as a failure in the sense of, and maybe not on the Kings, but, like, I think that just, like, what he's done is kind of a bust. Like, if if what we say continues to ring true, I would say so. Like, I around. don't
1: disagree with that. I, I'm with you. No, I'm with you, and I see where Rand. I see where Rand is coming from with that. So do I. You know, it's but where you picked him and the expectations, I, I, it's hard to not look at it that way. So I, I'm totally on board with the idea of if there is a market for him, which I suspect there probably is. Um, that I'd be on board with, with making a deal that involves Alex Turcott, which, you know, maybe a year or so ago that was, you know, seen and, and not for nothing, he's, he's out hurt again. Um, he's had a couple of, of nicks this season. He's, he's currently out. So it's been a tough goal for him. I do feel for him because he's had so many injuries uh, that he's had to deal with over the years, but unfortunately it is what it is right now. Um, another player, another college product I would like to, to, Ask you about because I, I mentioned him earlier. He was a a favorite of mine earlier in the season. I thought he looked really really good uh, in in the HL for Ontario, and that's Tyler Madden. They had him in the bumper role on the power play. He was getting it seemed to he was getting a lot of shooting opportunities from the slot area. They weren't falling. He had some pipes pucks weren't going in and then he had a little bit of uh you know some of the puck luck started to get a little bit better but he's he's kind of been up and down throughout the season where there's got stretches of games where he looks really impactful he's another one that's missed some time here he's been out for a few weeks now um but Tyler Madden how does uh, how does he look to you I think with Tyler Madden he's like one of those guys where
0: and again like I so like today in preparation um like I, I like to watch like a good amount of AHL games but just like with the way I'm Right, the moves and stuff, I'd say I watch like every moose game, completely the division, and then I like to watch players' the shifts. So yep. like that's kind. Of, so with Tyler Madden, obviously I've heard of him. Um, haven't watched him in college at all, but saying in watching him preparation, actually the one thing I think about is like he's kind of one of those guys where, as a prospect, you wonder like, okay, does he do one thing that is exceptionally like good enough to to be more than a tweener? Right, like that's the first like question you would ask, right? And first of all, like no wonder they, they bumped up to the bumper because he can generate chances in an amazing ability to DHL, like like on his own or whatever way. And while he's not like insane power play production by the numbers, Ontario is pretty stacked. It's pretty spread yeah. across the board. Yeah. So, um, but with Tyler Madden, I wonder um, if he's that kind of guy where he could sort of like establish himself in a bomb world of LA and then a year or two later after getting there, Score goals sneaky like whoa wait, Tomás has ten goals like whoa like, I didn't know that. Beyond that, I don't know. Like that's yeah. kind of my gist of like I'm gonna be fully transparent. Like I watched like a couple hours of him today, like just on and off. Like that's kind of my initial view. I'd love to know what you guys think, but production wise, like good goal scorer, um, chances, but like my eye test wise, like I don't know. He seems like a coin flip to me. Am
1: I wrong you're, in that? Guess, no, no, you're not. And, uh, like, like that's so, what I just because like, early like, in the season I was like, you know what, the be- one of the best players in the first maybe a few weeks of the season ran and we were talking like Tyler Madden, he looks the part like he, you know, he, he's not NHL ready, but at this level, he is really this, he's off to a good start. And then it kind of went quiet for a while. Like, and I'm not even talking about just production. Like it just seemed like his chances dried up. He wasn't even generating a lot of chances. And then out of nowhere he'd get hot again and had a stretch where he's again, he's involved in the offense. He's getting scoring opportunities. So I don't know what to make of him. I'm skeptical that he's, I don't even uh, I'm skeptical of what his NHL future projects yeah. to be frankly. Um he's a tweener if anything. Right now I I think it's fair to say that maybe he's a tweener at this point, but he shows stretches where he's really impactful and then there's games where he's I I hate to say non-existent, but I think part of it is, you know, he, he I think he's still physically somebody that's got to get a little bit bigger and stronger. Um and be able to handle some of the, the physicality and going to different areas of the ice. Um, and again, he's another player that's going to have to, he's played mostly wing on the season, uh, came up as a center. Um, I think he was a center in, when Vancouver drafted him. So um, another one that's had to have a bit of a position change, but I'll be interested to see next season. Cause I think he's had a fine season here again, he's hurt right now, but as he goes into another year pro next year, full year pro, what, what type of numbers we're talking about, but yeah, I'm with you right now. I, I think you're completely right. It's a bit of a tweener. I don't know, uh, Brandon, what you think about Madden?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, all the guys that we've talked about so far, injury has been a part of their career and, and Tyler Madden is no different. Uh, he was in line to win the Hubby Baker and, in, in in college, be the, the MVP of, of the NCAA and he got injured on his finger. Uh, last year took a brutal hit out for most of the season, only played the last couple games This year has been had multiple injuries, Uh, but I love his creativity. And I don't really think that there's a player in the prospect pool for the Kings that has the level of creativity that he does or the willingness to expose that Um, it was very apparent in, in college uh, that he had that. And I think that the injuries have set him back. And then when you play with guys that are high level producers, like a Byfield or, or FERC or Tynan or whatever, maybe you take a back seat with your skill set, similar to what Adrian Kempe said when he was playing with Jeff Carter. Like, hey, I didn't really play my game. I deferred. And I think is the more he plays, the better he's going to get. And I think he's a top nine guy in the NHL, um, whether he could play third line and be the offensive juggernaut or he could be a complimentary piece on the first line if they needed to, not on a routine basis. Uh, but I like that. I like his his playmaking ability and his creativity, which I don't think the the prospect pool has. Now the percentage of him hitting that I think is a lot lower than maybe than the prospects that we've talked about already. And so that's where my like you said the tweener or the uh, the coin flip uh, aspect comes into play for me as well.
0: If I may, like one more thing. Um, when I was in Toronto, like Jeremy Bracco was a guy where, like speaking of like Scott Wheeler, he came out and tweeted how Bracco was the second-best passer in the entire Leafs organization. And, like, Wheeler was right. But, and everyone ripped him for it, but, like, he was right. But what people are missing was, like, with that said, the fact that he skates like a freaking duck and, like, has all these other issues, making, like, I find that the guys like the Tyler Madden stuff that are great ha- college players, they have great skill set, but, like, also, here's the thing. 5'11 isn't, like, Short as like before, but like he's not, he, he looks undersized. Number yeah, he one. Does. he does. He does. So, and he's like, I don't know what he weighs in at, but like, it's.
2: He's he a buck be. 60 soaking wet at the okay, draft. Okay,
0: so like, look at that. Yeah. Like, all right. And maybe he's lifted some weights since then, but I don't know. So that's what he's at. Does he have game breaking speed? No. So there are like a lot of guys that fit the profile we've just outlined. Time <laughs> about Score, all these things could do. Will he even be a. Like, I want to be clear about what I said before. I think that's what he could be, Tyler Madden. Because, like, listen, he thought could compete. He's creative in, in little ways. He can play, like, a simpler type of game and be creative. But, like, in terms of not even just, like, himself, but, like, like he's going to be leapfrogged here. Like, you guys have, like, the Kings, the Kings have an amazing amount of prospects. Like, no matter what Tyler Madden does, he will be leapfrogged. We'll figure it out somewhere else, right? We look at it that lens. Well, by then, how old he? well he's
2: already but he's already done this so for me like he was a third round pick his draft value is higher than a third round pick so he's already outplayed his draft stock to in my opinion and and so will it continue on that trajectory maybe maybe not but like you're saying like you're saying in well and what we've been saying from the the king standpoint is that yeah you have the number one prospect pool now ranked number two according to scott wheeler uh in the NHL not everybody's going to make it not everybody's going to have a spot on this roster and so he's going to have he's going to have to earn that does he have a in uh, a high level skill in his creativity and in the way he views the ice yes is he does he have detriments being his size his speed sure but ultimately sometimes the willingness to do it I mean you you saw it I think his name is Jernat or Jernat in in Nashville, undrafted. Yeah, whatever he has twenty plus goals this year, he just put it together at the biggest stage, and ultimately that's the player's decision to do that. And draft draft uh, level doesn't really play into that. And we've seen Matt Roy do that for the last three seasons.
1: You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I, and again, I think next year will be a big year for for Madden, and is I think what'll be his really first full, full second full year as a pro. You uh, yeah. you t- you tweeted out Jacob Jordan Spence's player card uh, not long yeah. ago when he got called up. He's been a, he's been a revelation for the Ontario Reign. Second right shot D to get called up. Sean Dursey was earlier in the season, but uh, and I'll let you touch on either of them if you would like. But the, there's one that I want to ask you about um, because I feel like he's getting perhaps a little overlooked right now because of how well Jersey has played and Spence has played. You've got Brant Clark, who was the, the big draft pick last year, and Brock Faber, who's made some noise with the Olympics. But Helge Granz is putting together a pretty quietly effective season in Ontario. Um, at the time of Spence's call-up, Granz had the same amount of uh, even-strength points as Jordan Spence. So, you know, Spence, to his credit, was doing a lot of damage on the power play, which, as I mentioned the other day, he was outstanding He's well deserved. He's outstanding, but um, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on Helge Grant in his first year in North America. I think he's had a heck of a season with Ontario.
0: Yeah, like where did you guys find this guy? Okay, like, that was another guy today I was watching. I was like, where do you like? I'm like, like I have to say, like I'm not gonna BS when I saw nothing. Vancouver, the guy that wants Helge Grant, so I go okay. Like they're make them names. So that that that's an NHL be a pro automated thing. Like I for sure had a Helge Grant on so my. NHL 14, be a GM, and free agency. Watched him, and I was like, hold up. This guy's massive and can skate super well. 19, why have I never heard of him? I love this guy. I'm so happy you guys asked asking about him. I think he's great. Now, in terms of, I'm happy you mentioned Spence. Here's the difference for me. Spence is a great puck mover. Like, a really efficient puck mover, plays with a rush, generates chances. is like, next sort of step is, like, first of all, you're right. They have the same even strength points. I think if I had to guess, because 'cause I'm looking at like the the analytical percentiles mm-hmm. out know, the Roth of because per sixty with these ones. But um, I think Hell has more goals than Spence or no? Who who would have uh, more that's, more?
1: no, I think that's I think that's right. I think helge has got six goals, I wanna say. But yeah, he's got
0: three, I think. Okay, like Spence, so think that's right. Yeah. So I'm not too far off. Anyways, Spence is a lot of instruction is like puck moving and there's been assists to that, whatever. helge has been goals, which is great. The thing is, though, he has a good shot, but I don't know if it's like the blaster that will be kind of the PP1 focal point. So, looking at the rest of his game, I think that, first of all, he's like, 19. Like where he's at now, he's great. Like, I think he's got a really good thing. I think if he can continue to really get comfortable with just like defending one on one, having a pretty good gap control, being a hard guy to play against like he is, I would go as far as say he'll be a top four defense in this league. Like I think that just a matter of the poise he has with the puck. That like, Spence is more of like a like a dessert. Like he's more of like a taste by like fun to watch. He's or a that. power
1: like, play. He Spence is a power play player. Yeah,
0: like, where Hells like, isn't. And I think that if you really look at it, it's like okay. First of all, the fact that he can carry the puck and find lanes on even strength the way he can. Yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, and yeah. what? Sorry, one last thing I'll give you. Sorry, I'm rambling, but um and this is not a comparison at all of the player, because this is not a situation that's applicable. When Mortis Sider was drafted, I feel like people were kind of like, okay, big dude, skates kind of well, whatever. And they kind of like, they have that look where it's like, it almost like seems effortless when they're out there. And like, almost like they're not trying, but they are because they're bigger. Yep. I see that with health, like where it's like, things he does is just like crazy. And it's like, you realize he's 19 and like the curve and like where going up, like, <sighs> You really, you're, you you've really tapped into sort of a not a boomer bust guy, but a guy that can be will be an NHL player. And if things go right from continuing, this guy could be like a top four guy. I I firmly believe that.
1: I, I'm yeah. he he's probably my favorite defenseman of the entire bunch here. So and that's he's great. Not counting, I guess, Brent Clark so far because I, I, right. I haven't had a chance to see him. He just was drafted, yada yada. But what Halgate does, like he scored a goal of the, over the weekend we talked about in the last show, Randon and I did, he is outstanding in the offensive zone at finding seams and went mm-hmm. to, to those seams to make those plays. And it's really, really, it's a level of confidence that, that because keep in mind. I mean, Spence and Dersey were with him in Ontario early in the season. So he was able to be just kind of sheltered if you will. And now these guys are gone. So he's, he's RD one um, at the moment. So as a 19 year old in Ontario. Um, so I, I've, Loved his game. And what I would ask, actually, if you, you're you a busy guy, so I'm sure you don't have just time laying around, but I'd be curious to know your thoughts as you're watching a lot of video of him. Now, His when he came up in the rookie camp last summer and he played with the Kings in the rookie camp, he looked very raw to me. And to see where he is today from where he was there, it's incredible, his, his improvement and his mm-hmm. development already at such a young age and just such a short time, frankly, too. Yeah, like,
0: the thing I was going to say is, like, if he was hypothetically, like, 22 or whatever, and, like, I'd look at every like, okay, well, like, if this is what he's at now, I would right. think, like, this right now, I would still think, like, okay, maybe in a year or two he could be a sixth or seventh guy. The fact he's 19 and has come a long ways, he has, and he's continuing to progress, like, what I would think is looking at him and, and also, like, kind of after watching him and, and looking at the stats, like, reading up on him a bit more, it's like, like, at this rate, is he going to be in the NHL in two years? Like am I, uh, I, no. I'm just saying, guys like him don't, like, players that are performed this way at 19 years old in North America at this age don't stay in the NHL for long. That's just a fact. And- so well I mean,
1: the, the, what's gonna where the rubbers are gonna meet the road here is is the Kings as you know we, we're kind of discussing this now are loaded with right shot d hmm. prospects right there's three of them on this ticker here not to mention Clark and Faber uh so something has to give and this is where the the the, the conversation amongst King's fans is well this is probably where your big trade is gonna happen, one or two of these big time right shot D prospects is gonna go and I'm like, just don't be Granz <laughs> because Well
0: Vancouver wanted him too though. Like that's what I mean. See, sure like they I did. Um see, oh, great. Someone see like look but someone's gonna tweet that someone's gonna tweet now like Jacob Staller said that Granz is gonna be the next more sider I'm gonna get absolutely re- teed up on Twitter like I thought King sounds pretty good. Well, definitely. you wouldn't
2: you wouldn't be the only one. So, I was going to bring it up that 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 I listened to a podcast. It was a it was a NHL draft podcast. They had two Swedish guys talking about him in his draft year. And one guy said, "I love this guy so much. I think at the pinnacle of his game, he could be as good if not better than Rasmus Stalin. I would call him Rasmus Dahlén light." And so, like that was at the pinnacle of his game. And I know that was a lavish statement by the the said scout. But He's progressed faster than any right shot D that I've seen from uh, from the team, and yeah. and you know and now Raspozaline isn't really like playing at the number one overall pick level. Watch your mouth, His, I still love his, Rasmus his career isn't over yet either, but I'm just saying, like, have you he's checked? Progressed, doing pretty well recently.
1: Recently, you know, I I just like the
2: bus. I just like the bus. Joe's chops because he's in Buffalo. So I, I and I, I love. Buffalo.
1: I'm, in Roche- in. I, I'm in Rochester, and I, I love I love Deline.
0: Yeah, like I got I mean at least I, I'd rather say that he's like sire than Dalene because like at least they look a bit similar. Like yeah, I
1: statistics. don't see the Dallin comp to be honest. I, I think that. that's ludicrous. Like I don't, I don't understand I think, it. I think they're different, but I guess all things to, all things said, like it's I'm I'm it's an exciting player and I think because I think the, the, the common thing is everybody says, Okay, well in terms of right track D, Clark is untouchable and everybody else is on the table. And I would just like to say, Ooh, let's, uh, let's try not to trade. Grands if, if we can, like, but listen, that's what I meant. To- the
0: fact that Vancouver at 1.2 was saying, grands was one of the guys I wanted as well. Was really oh. interesting
1: to me as well. Let me ask you this. Um, just got a curiosity because when it comes to, for kind con- and obviously it's all hypothetical right now, the deadlines over, I would not trade. And I guess maybe it's in a vacuum, not necessarily to the King specific situation. Cause I don't know that Connor Garland's a great fit for them anyways, but throw that out the window for a second. Yeah. I, yeah. I, would, not, I would not trade Granz for Connor Garland. I would trade Alex Turcott for Connor Garland. How does that land? And do you think that says kind of a lot about the two prospects and where they sit in at least my mind?
0: I think you're probably right. I think that like, The tough part is, is when you say that, my immediate reaction is like, oof. Like, I guess at the end of it, Turk, it would have been traded for Connor Garland. And that kind of thing. But, again, I'm the guy that came on this podcast and said sell high. So that's a pretty good deal. I'd agree with you. I'd probably... Okay, you got Byfield, No. Um, who's the 3C again? That's really good.
1: Well, Kopitar is still there too. Let's not forget. Oh. Let's, not, let's not get him out yet. I deserve to get teed play. up for that. See? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, guys, I don't even know He's,
2: a, he's from a small town in Europe. Uh, yeah, I have an airport. <laughs> we don't even have an
0: airport. I, I just watched the, the Moose. Um, so you got three centers that are like, we're going to be there for the next foreseeable future. Um, I have I think a lot of people have faith in their ability to have, the Kings have a lot of forwards that are able to play center. Two. Like, versatile. So, not much room for him there, Turkett. Defensemen, you know, just in general, like, that's a stock pot. That's a, that's a currency you don't want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. I think of the three guys that we have listed here, you know, Grands, Spence, and Dursey, um, I think Grands is a higher upside. And with that said, why would you move him? Like, I like Jersey. I was, totally. like, when he was with... Um, the Marlies briefly at camps, where I interviewed him, and so kept track of him as you know he was having that good year in was it Owen Sound or whatever um, or Guelph, clearly not too much because I can't remember he played, but um, he's progressing really well in the NHL this year. He's been shown to be really good. Like it was a, it was a very sound return in the Musin deal. He's a legitimate prospect, what not. Spence, lovely plays, really fun, um, what not. But at the end of the day, like, those guys are – Spence and Jersey are not locks to be top four guys. I don't think they're locks. Uh, maybe they will be. Jersey um, definitely, I think, will will be in someone's top four or five, like, for sure. In his career, Spence, I think, can be. But we'll see if he rounds everything out. Grant, at the way he's progressing, has the potential to be a lock at that. And you've got more team control there. He's young. You have him now. See what you've got. So I agree. I would not move him. Like I would rather move Turkett. Yeah.
2: So LTR regular comes in here and says, hey boys, all timer Kings fan, regular season ticket holder with the rain until the pandemic. I like Granz. Nice upside, but still a project on defense. Gap gaps need work, still good potential. I say he's still two years out. Could um, be.
1: Could that's be. That's okay. He's 19.
0: That's <laughs> my point. Yeah. Like that's there you go. He's two years out, he has two more years, and then he's twenty-one. Like that's great. Right.
1: Well, I wanna say, uh, I, I've got one more that I want for you. I really appreciate it. we've taken a lot of your time and I really do appreciate it. It's been awesome, uh, by the way. So you're somebody who is has covered the Winnipeg Jets organization, obviously, in Manitoba. Um I would be curious, uh, the Kings just acquired a defenseman from, from uh, Manitoba for the Ontario Reign, uh, right shot D. Nelson Nogier. What can Reign fans expect to see from him? He's more of a defensive defenseman with a bit of a physical streak to his game is my lay understanding, but what uh, what can uh, we expect from him?
0: Nogier is criminally underrated by proxy of the fact that he's – was the odd man out of the best defense core in the AHL. Um, so the Jets organization, I know for a fact, they value getting shots on net um, from the point. That's, that's a whole kind of faded out in the league-wide. But anyways, it's something that they admire. Noj from, like, Nelson Nojie, and, I, and I, I'll I be, full disclosure, God disclose this, I as a person, I love him. Every single one of his management Moose teammates retweet the video of him leaving. This guy is salty the earth. Also likes the player cards. He took a second to tell me that after a presser. Big fan of them. So uh, I, I was like him nice there. Yeah, he loves player cards. Um, is great. Now, he's criminal rated because of this sense, Because he was on an ELC for as long as he was. And the fact that he got into in an NHL game, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Nelson Noje is not an NHL asset. Um, I think he even knows that uh he was not great at the NHL level and he's not you know an amazing skater um but when I said about the shots on net he took his game and knowing what the organization wanted and he really developed a knack for getting pucks on net the guy is averaging you guys can look it up all I know is he's in the 100 percent pile of shots on goal for 60 and that he's a large sample size of it he gets pucks on net from the point, and he can absolutely lay a guy out he's a great guy in that sense um, he creates a lot from that point of area. Now, does Ontario shoot this high from the point? Probably not. I'm sure a lot of teams don't. But the fact that he can very well do that is great to have in a bottom pairing type defenseman. Um, I think. Listen, if, if the card like this guy just wanted a chance in that but he wasn't even in the lineup that often. And the fact he was such a good soldier, like for as long as he was, I, I don't understand how. Frankly, um, it takes a good person. So again. I don't know what he's walking into with Ontario in terms of like, you guys have a lot of good defensemen. So I I suspect it won't be a cakewalk in that sense either. But that said, like quality insurance, you can kind of get at at that position. And I I think there's no one doubting that he could play every game in the, in the AHL and be good. Right. Um, We're talking about two teams. I made a swap of, of guys that like, I have no, who's this new guy. You guys have to tell me, but the guy that Manitoba got back, I know nothing about him. You guys are putting on a spot here. Was that nothing. was the, uh,
1: Marcus Phillips.
0: Yeah, the I coach, know. I, uh, he's another guy I thought was made up. Uh, so Marcus,
2: Marcus Phillips was a fourth round pick for us. Uh, yeah. He actually made the Canadian World Junior team. He was the only fourth. He was the only non first round pick to make the team. I think that year. What year? Uh, Wait, let, me, let, me write,
0: let me write this down. I, I haven't done any research. Sorry. Continue. And
2: so. And so he made he made the roster. He was a purely offensive defenseman, and Team Canada said, "Hey, we need you to round out your game." He did. Uh, he's he's a great guy, and I think he's just got buried in the the Kings prospect pool right. and needed an exchange of of scenery there. And so, um, you know, but he is a quality left shot. I think he could probably play with his skill level right now a, a six seven tweener uh, with eight, you know, probably an AHL lifer type type guy, right. um, but if you needed to, you could bring him up, but he got, he's like, we're talking about people, players that getting, um, uh, you know, jumped. He got jumped by Mervar. He got jumped by uh, Tobias Bjornfoot and all these guys. Right. And so now he's in that, that dead zone, but I think he's still capable enough of playing NHL minutes. Really? Wow. As a sixth or seventh in, in my opinion.
0: Like today or like in a bit, like now?
2: In a pinch, like if you had an injury type guy, I wouldn't say he's a perennial NHLer, but I I would feel no in playing.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean that's pretty crazy. So I guess these two teams swapped like pretty good AHL offensemen that are just kind of being.
1: It, yes, out. yes, and yeah. it was it was probably like we talked about it on our show earlier in the week that that the rain, especially with some of the call ups <laughs> <were>, with <laughs> with. <laughs> with <laughs> Spence, Jersey, Austin Strand up in. Los Angeles, like they needed right shot D, so, so right. Noje fills fills that need, and they, you know, had a few left shot D that. Uh, so Phillips, who has a little bit more offense to his game, I would say, in the style of play than than from the sounds of it, that Noje does. But um, I would say it would probably take a serious pinch if he if he was to the NHL team would be needing him, but um, a, a solid, if unspectacular AHL uh, uh, left shot D man. Right. Wow. That's, I'm going to look into him tonight.
0: That's my new, my new look into for sure.
2: Well, thank you, Jacob. I really appreciate it. We did. We took an hour of your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, You can find him, all your listeners at JL Stoller. That's S T O W L E R on Twitter, coming out with all these player cards. Uh, Joe and I will obviously retreat all those cards. Uh, we retweet all the cards if they uh, are about the rain or the Kings players there. Um, and for, uh, LTR in the, in the, uh, in the comments, we'll be getting to Taylor Ward next week with, uh, Joe and I is after he gets a couple games under his belt. So don't miss that broadcast. Uh, thank you for coming on. As always, you can find all the articles for hockey royalty at hockey Thank you for our sponsor draft Kings and our very special guest, Jacob. Pleasure having you on today, my man.
0: Thank you guys for having me anytime. Let's do this again. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. Um, I'll, uh, I'll put the, uh, the turkey card out and Hey, maybe, uh, if we don't, uh, if we don't get into a podcast soon, I'm sure uh, the rain and moose might see each other in the conference finals. I wouldn't put it past that. That'd be
1: Let's awesome. Yeah. For Thanks sure. thank again. Thank man, you so much.
0: It. Absolutely, no guys.
1: Yep.